<laughs> that was Velveeta cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everybody, welcome back to the RC Roundtable, our Christmas edition, I think, uh, the sh- if uh, everything holds true to form and tradition, this will be our last broadcast for the year. So I hope that we'll have a super ultra happy, fantastic uh, end of the year show. And we'll uh, hopefully we won't bleed your ears out uh, and cause everybody to come go running away. Yes. Pain. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> yes. It was, a, was that the Red Rider BB? Red Rider BB gun. I want an official Red Rider carbon action 2 inch wings while air rifle. Ooh. No, shoot your eye out. Yes, everybody hopefully gets a Red Rider BB gun with auto repeat and scope and laser sighting. Because <laughs> this is 21st century, right? And a compass in the stock. Grenade launcher. A grenade launcher. <laughs> a, grenade launcher. <laughs> a BB grenade launcher? Ooh, I think I might like that. <laughs> Come here, that's, squirrel. That's our, that's, <laughs> there we go. There's our three view. We just get a Red Rider BB gun we had to modify. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of time that, uh, remember laser tag? Oh yeah, way way around. way back. It's still around. Is it still around? Really? Yeah. yeah, Austin was that. Austin went yesterday. Okay, so there was a group of us that used to play it uh, back when I was in my teenage years or so, and uh, these are. I I had a gun that I actually took apart and modified to make it fully automatic. <laughs> okay. So I had a fully automatic because <laughs> if you remember the laser tag, you can only shoot once every half a second or something and it was also 800 watts <laughs> <laughs> i did take one and change the lens on it so i got better range out of it uh, so, so. the light on your chest didn't flash it burst into flames <laughs> <laughs> laser tag the last tag game you'll ever play wait here's there's someone is this an rc show <laughs> oh yeah this is an rc show should we explain what the show this what kind of show this is for our new no fin- finish your story first because i'm sorry <laughs> are you done with your automatic uh fancy laser gun fully story? automatic fully automatic <laughs> laser tag gun fully semi-automatic <laughs> <laughs> and i never got caught either with it <laughs> man all right, mental note, Fitz plays dirty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we can get away with it. Hmm. You'll make a good politician. <laughs> I'd make a terrible politician. I can't remember There was no name. rule against it. No one said I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no controlling legal authority. All right, move us along, please. I don't remember where we're going. You were going to explain who we are, what we do while we're here. Oh. Who wants to explain it? Lee, I think you're our spokesman, right? <laughs> yes, Lee, explain who we are and what we want. I, th- I thought Fitz was, but I guess he's quit. <laughs> so, you're making fun of me, so I'm out of here. I was talking to my co-host the other day that we have uh, had a nice influx of new listeners and followers on our Facebook. And for those of you who are new to the show, I thought we'd do a quick little... Uh, update on what this show is about and that's uh you know the three of us terry dunn fitz walker and myself lee ray got together about three years ago 
decided to, hey, let's just do a podcast and talk about RC stuff. And it's almost like like Terry likes to say, it's a show about nothing. So we're like the <laughs> Seinfeld version of RC shows. <laughs> but we have a great time talking uh, just to ourselves about uh, stuff that's going on, news, uh, new products, uh, stuff that we're doing in the hobby. By all means, we are not the professionals. <laughs> we're, we are not scale model builders, but we like to interview those people who have more talent than we have and go to, to uh, events to, to share in the, in the joy and the love of this hobby. So you'll see us covering not only aviation events, but we've uh, actually just in 2019, we both, excuse me, we went to both AMA Expos. And that was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with some of the uh, best people in RC, both for aviation and helicopters and boats. And well, then we saw trains <laughs> at the they show. They weren't so radio control. I they, guess they could they have been. They might have been. They yeah, have the, radio control trains. Yeah. Okay. Remote control trains, technically speaking. I retract See, my statement. As, as, as <laughs> Terry just proved, we're not experts. <laughs> But we have a lot of fun. So if you are new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you hit the subscribe button on your podcast uh, device, app, tool, whatever you're using. If you are on Facebook, come follow us on RC Roundtable. And we do have a website, rcroundtable.com. Uh, it is kind of antiquated. I was going to talk to these guys about seeing if we can make some changes in 2020 to put a little bit more stuff out there, do some blogs or forums, uh, share it with those who do not have Facebook accounts because that's something we ran into recently at an event talking with people if uh, you know they don't we like met facebook. the one guy that doesn't have a facebook account <laughs> he was at well, the show wow <laughs> there's more than one guy well sorry terry yeah there's more than one guy <laughs> uh but we'd love to to get out there and talk to more of you guys so if you are listening to the podcast and if you have a, pre a different preferred method of, of seeing our information either website or facebook let us know you can always reach us at contact at rcroundtable.com so there's my intro unless you guys need to add more to it no couldn't have said it better myself no um i put together the web page yeah he's just called it antiquated so i'm trying to think of a way to insult what you do you can so <laughs> give me time i'll i'll hit you later in the show i love you i love you too <laughs> It is. We need to. We need to spruce it up. We need to liven it up. Little splash, little color, but we'll see. So, like autoplay videos and uh, ads oh. and <laughs> right. viruses. Don't forget viruses. <laughs> viruses. Yeah. <laughs> Make right, it. Well, we can we can ramble on that for a long time. We'll, maybe we'll readdress this in 2020 at the beginning and start coming up with some new ideas. I'm going to install a live chat window when you go to our website. It instantly gives you Lee's <laughs> webcam at his house. <laughs> Night and day. Rings my cell phone. Yeah, we'll come talk to you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lee. How can I, I help have you? a complaint? <laughs> All right, okay. well, let's let's start talking RC. How's that? Okay. Let's talk RC. And speaking of RC, there's a new product that just popped up uh, last week, I believe. And, of course, no surprise, it is from Horizon, a.k.a. E-Flight. And they have Double Trouble, a twin otter, which was a bit of a surprise to see this pop up. Uh, but a very, very nice surprise, if I may say so myself. Uh, I always kind of liked a twin otter. It's a very classic, uh, kind of regional airliner kind of plane, puddle jumper. Yeah, sure, just a utility workhorse. Yeah, a utility workhorse that sort of meets all kinds of roles. And I thought it was always kind of a nice-looking civilian plane. And yeah. I've seen bigger ones, uh, most uh, wood ones, but they have a nice little foamy that popped up. 
uh, Hangar well, Nine used to make one, right? A bigger one. I believe. Yes, they Fiberglass. did. Fiberglass. Yeah. Very, yeah, big one. Very bigger. nice one. Very hard to find. Remember, you see one pop up. It usually commands a really good price for it. So uh, they just hit the molds with a shrink machine and. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, and fill it, it with foam. Fill it with foam. <laughs> yeah. They shot it with Fitz's laser tag gun. Yeah. And it, it miraculously shrank. <laughs> the shrink ray. Fully yeah. automatic shrink ray. So this is what? 1.2 meters. So what? 40 something inches wingspan? Um, maybe. Four, I'll do the 40, math. You keep 47. Talking. 47 inches. Ha! Yeah. See my calibrated brain uh much english to metric metric to english whatever <laughs> we've, we've had that running joke before the in like the categories of airplanes it says you know what scale you want warbird they should just have the wing <laughs> wingspan the wingspan <laughs> there's like a hundred of them at 1.2 meters uh this is nice looks like um the motors aren't too big because there's only talking one 3s 2200 to 3200 yeah they're 2210s they're, so. they're tiny my my thunder and lightning has bigger motors yeah, so interesting. So I guess it's a pretty efficient setup that they're running. And well, it's not that big an airplane. That's true. And it's 40 inches. Is, it's nice size, but you know, not terribly big. And they cut the normal stuff. has lights on it. And uh, AS3X with safe mode. Uh, okay, who here, who here has read the manual? Raise your hand. I have not. Yeah, this is radio. No. We can't see. I'm raising thing. my hand. Can you see? Uh-huh. Is my cam on? <laughs> uh, like Terry said, also includes floats, which is really nice. Uh, I have <laughs> so much to say. Oh, I have so much to say. You're Go not ahead. doing a good job. Okay. Right. So, so since I, you read the manual, I read Mr. the Einstein. manual. I looked at the whole thing. Yes. Okay. 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 So so Tolsky, tell us what happened in the manual. I am glad that it is the six-channel uh, receiver, yeah. the safe and AS3X, because it leaves that that channel five or port five open for you to make this into differential thrust. And I'll mm. tell you, I'm going to pull the gear off. I'm going to put differential thrust in. It's going to look like my multiplex twin star. And then when I put the floats on, I'm not going to add that ugly little rudder control from the front to the back. Yeah. And I'm going to just fly it off the grass. And when it's on the water, I'll just use differential thrust to steer it around. Okay. And then if I, when I get bored with it, I'm going to take those motors out and I'm going to put, 2212 1400s in there. Go find me some master air screw uh, counter rotating props, right, Terry? Yep. And then have this thing burn up the sky. So you're going to have a but turbo swing speak- order. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You speak like a person who's already hit the order now button. It's it's going to be in my, my sane button. <laughs> the order yesterday button. Yeah. Well, and that's, a, that's worth noting because this is a budget airplane. Yeah, I think for the price with the AS3X and all that jazz and the floats, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you get a lot of stuff for, what is it, 230 bucks. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, Austin's into twins now. I mean, he has been flying, you know, like his guinea and stuff, and he made the twin thunder and lightning for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'd have a blast with this for any, like, float event and just in general. So I think this, yeah. is, a, uh, this is a plane that it should come from Santa to both myself and Austin. Okay. Noted. But but it's backordered. Yeah, of course. It's backordered. Backordered, yeah. I and can see it's this like being mid-January is when they're expecting the, the next boat? It, yeah, mid-Jan. Okay. I like it. I mean, I like the size. I think it's it looks fine. It's got flaps. It's got ailerons. I don't know if it's got full flap options, so if you can mix. I mean, you'd lose that channel for my differential thrust, which would take precedence. You mean flapperon? 
Yeah. What did I say? Well, you just full flap, so I didn't. Well, I mean, like kind of like the Timber X. Well, I didn't know if it, it would if they would actually go up all the way if they're right, fixed so a certain way. Hinge to go both directions. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, I think I would just strip the gear, and I love my Twin Star. I love it a lot. I still have it. I've been, gosh, I don't know how long I've had that sucker, but you've seen me fly it at best. And this is just like a mini version of the Twin Star. So it's, it's a just, mini. It's kind of the same size range, isn't it? No, no. The Twin Star has got like, it's almost 60 inches. Is it? Okay. And it's a much broader cord too, but all right. Yeah. This yeah. is a scale play versus Twin Star is just sort of a sport twin. And yeah. I wasn't against the Aero Commander, the UMX Aero Commander that you guys got, because I remember I almost bought it. But yeah. This to me is like, okay, yeah, this is what I, this is the better size for me. Yeah. You know, an upscaled Aero Commander would be nice too, but I digress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I caught a thread um, on RC groups where Gary Wright chimed in and he said they had actually experimented with flying it on one motor. And they're actually able to do touch and goes on one motor very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> he says, he said the power is less than half power with one motor, but they were able to fly it single engine. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I appreciate the striped propellers. It's a neat feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I suppose that's a full scale thing, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, it is neat. Now to the quote. The question is, how much are replacement props? I'm looking now. Yeah. Uh, they're seven bucks each, which, eh, it's not horrible. And they're seven by 5.6 three blade. They got pointy tips. Seven by 5.6. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, they do. But yeah. I, don't, I don't see he's breaking the props very easily on this. He got the fuselages in the way. This is true. So in either configuration, they're kind of up. Out yeah. of the yeah, off the ground. Do some research on uh, with Master Escrow. See if you can get something that's equivalent. Okay, Maybe a little, little bit more pitch. Maybe more. Go they're seven almost, seven. I want a seven seven. Square props already. What do you want? Seven seven. <laughs> seven seven. <laughs> seven ten. It's seven five point six. I want seven seven. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm pushing it to fourteen hundred kV. <clears throat> Oh, and I did. I will tell you, I found something interesting. I mean, I'm not trying to lambast Horizon Hobby, but the video showed them saying it's a 12 to 8, 12, excuse me, 1800 to 2200 battery, but the website says 2200 to 3200 or 3300. Huh. Well, it doesn't so, error. Yeah, they're not always in sync. What does the so, manual say? Uh, well, the website says 2200 to 3200, pardon me. I don't know what the manual says, but I have it right here. So let me pull it up. I mean, I'd like to put a, maybe a twenty-seven hundred in there and kind of meet them halfway. <laughs> it just—it doesn't say specific. It just says twenty-two hundred to thirty-two hundred in the manual. Oh, if I if I get this, which I'm hoping to get this, I will strip the gear off. Like the landing gear? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to use landing gear. What? Just cool. What? Yeah, this is a fixed <laughs> landing gear. No, no. I love. I like my Twin Star without gear. I mean, it flies great. <laughs> Shut what up. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm putting a protection on it. <laughs> it's, fly, it's like flying a steerman without landing gear. Yeah. <laughs> what are no. you doing, Gromit? Here's. A, I have a great video of my Twin Star doing a. I don't want to say touch and go because it was like a long touch. <laughs> it was skid and go. And Maybe it'll do fun. that. This one will do it with the floats. Put a little well, could, Crisco well, on the bottom. And or yeah, maybe he couldn't do that too. Crisco. Yeah. <laughs> Crisco. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you. We'll call it the skid go. <laughs> or you can do it like curling. You just uh, have the water hose in front of it on the grass. Yeah. Well. Yeah, fits fits the main reason for me taking the gear off is I'd like it a little faster. I want a sporty twin. This looks like it'd be a fun sporty twin. So I'm going to supersize it. Sounds like that. You should put a 4S in there. Like speed controllers handle it. Ooh, uh, hmm, as I scratch my beard for us if anybody at horizon hears this conversation they're gonna black up all you and you're not gonna be able to order one i'm gonna paint mine black there's a big sign over the shipping door do not send an otter to leave (laughs) well i fits their only 20 amp speed controller so hey wait six six let's let's make so let's fix this let's figure this out anyway that's enough about the plane yes i like it i i would like to uh put that in my collection you're sticking with this color scheme ah no 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 oh really yeah change it all up huh okay it's a lot of effort yeah wow that's that's how it is all right i believe in you Oh. And then maybe a little, I, I, don't, I don't know, I can't, I'd have to figure out how to do it, but I'd like to push a, a skydiver out. <laughs> you know, the one that you sent me, that's the, when I saw this, that was the first thing I thought. You got those dollar store parachutists mm. that are actually decent quality mm. that have like a nylon sort of canopy. I wonder if you could shove a few in there. Okay. They're not very heavy. You know, there's a, the Houston skydiver people. I think they fly a twin otter. The Houston skydiver people. Yeah, uh, uh, was it uh, dot com? Space City skydivers or something like that. I can't remember what it is. Um, the one down here in the South Houston area. Okay. They have okay. an otter. I think they have a twin otter. Well, but this is this this one here is obviously the commercial version with the windows and stuff. But I think with the other otters, it has like a roll up door, doesn't it? Uh, Am I right? I think not Something a roll like up. The Pilatus Porter. I don't remember. No, okay. maybe they just take the door off. Yeah, I just think it'd be fun. I and, and like I said, I want to I want to make this a little bit more powerful. So I'm going to work with you, Terry, to get some high pitch props on this sucker. Find the uh, speed of foam, as they say. Speed of foam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Super good luck with that. Okay, I guess we've uh, talked everything we can talk on this, right? Anything else? Last words before we move on. Okay. Look forward to seeing Lee's Turbo Twin Otter. TTO. <laughs> I think I could throw another motor on the nose there. There you go. <laughs> Put on a tail like a, a Tri-Islander. <laughs> Pusher. Pusher Otter. <laughs> All, right. All right, what's next, Fitz? Well, speaking of goofy planes, uh, Terry, looks like your the video of your that you took of the Tumblewing has really gotten quite a bit of viewers kind of went viral i guess as they say yeah a bit yeah i don't know what qualifies as viral but it's getting quite a lot of uh, views and shares and comments so yeah that was kind of a surprise to me now now you've flown this plane right yeah i did so the arena that i shot the video was the little uh, high school gymnasium up at the neat fair where they have the indoor event in the evenings and so ross clements who's champ that is he did a demo and then later on when it was free flying thayer was flying the model and then he just reached over and handed me the transmitter so next thing you know i was flying the model and um yeah it flew well it's a very easy to fly airplane no very tricks. responsive yeah and i guess the big question is what's making it fly some people are saying it's magnus effect 
my understanding of Magnus Effect is that it uses a cylinder, where this is more like paddle wheels. So the science might be the same, but I haven't wrapped my head around it yet. Both both wings, quote-unquote, rotate in the same direction? It's one all the way across. They don't rotate. The oh, right and left oh. side are together. It's okay, one piece. Single shaft, and okay. It's completely passive, unpowered. It spins because of the forward motion. Do you have to pre-spin it, or it just spins up Yeah, this one, be, the, on the champ, because the blades are completely flat, there's no curvature at all, you have to spin it in the direction you want it to go, which is top rearward. So, yeah, as you're going forward, the top spins towards the back. So you have to give it a little spin in that direction and then start moving forward, and it'll maintain it. Uh, and you might notice in the video towards the end, he's doing some hoverbatic type stuff. Yeah. And then as he comes down, it starts spinning on its own, but it goes the wrong direction. So when he hits the ground and goes to take off again, it, it won't take off because it's going the wrong way. So I wonder if it's accelerating the air above and decreasing, decelerating the air below the, the thing. Well, I, yeah, I think it's something airflow. like that because as it's going forward, the retreating blades on the top are creating a little bit less pressure than the advancing blades on the bottom. So you've got the classic low pressure above, high pressure below. Yeah. Black magic. So, <laughs> Timey-wimey, wishy-washy. Yeah. This may be unrelated, but every time he flew it, he took out a little envelope from his pocket and sprinkled this glittery dust on it. So, <laughs> it seemed to make it fly better. <laughs> and some kid in the corner was pointing a magic wand at it the whole time. I don't get it. But... <laughs> he was wearing uh, black room glasses. But, yes. <laughs> yeah it is fascinating to watch it fly you think well, how does this thing work how does it even work that well it's really hard to describe over just audio you have to see it I mean, imagine literally just paddle wheels long elongated paddle wheels on the, as wings and it yeah. flies and and while we've been talking i'm actually watching our facebook page and we just we just recently had four more people reacting to it yeah. <laughs> so I'm, it's, it's getting a lot of clicks it's had like seventeen thousand views wow and i don't know how many shares but i mean it's been shared a lot in some foreign countries so it's 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 like crazy crazy aviation to some people in another country <laughs> those crazy americans right again. <laughs> yeah so apparently it's uh, captured the attention of a lot of people and it's a very novel airplane yeah and I don't know if I snapped to it at the time, but in watching the video, I'm still trying to understand how it's banking in the turns. So it's just a rudder elevator airplane, but it banks just as if it had a normal wing. So I think that still jibes with the explanation I have in my head. Yeah, I guess but, if, if you're banking, say, left, the right wing is it's going to move faster and to have more lift. No, the, Smoke and mirrors. That's it's still it both sides are spinning at the same speed, but I guess it's the relative relatively. Yeah. yeah, relative is going to be a little faster. Yeah, yeah. okay. We'll I have to get a, a whiteboard and some cookies and figure this out one day. <laughs> but speaking of that, I was uh, chatting with Ross the other day, and he has built a larger spinny wing thing. Oh yeah, and yep. And this one flies outdoors, and it does have curvature on the blades, so it's completely passive. It, all you could have to do is set it on the ground and advance the throttle, and as it moves forward, the blades will, or the, the wing will automatically spin the right direction. Oh, okay, nice. But I posted that video on our Facebook page this morning, so go and check that out. Ooh, a big one. Yeah, it, it's much bigger. So, and I'll have to talk to him some more about it, but it appears to have some 3D, 3D printed parts to... I guess hold the blades together or mm. space them. I don't know, but 
I mean, it's still a very simple airplane. It's not like he's machining parts for this, but it's very cool and super slow. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it handles wind gusts and that kind of stuff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's casual. Yeah. So it does have me churning ideas in my head to see kind of what the possibilities are with that lifting device. So we'll see. And uh, yeah. maybe we'll have Ross on the show or something to talk about that. And he's a very accomplished indoor modeler with small scale and uh, all sorts of stuff. So oh, I think yeah. he'd be interesting to talk to. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. I'll have to... And he's the same guy that was flying my Waco glider when Thayer towed him up to the stratosphere. Oh, <laughs> the one who said, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have it. Thankfully Ross had it. So oh. I, I got both back in one piece. Fantastic. Yeah. So what other popular videos have we had on there? I know, Lee, you've done a bunch. Well, I mean, I, I may have posted the B2 video on our page, but man, it went crazy on my Raviation channel for YouTube. But okay. I don't know. I mean, as far as I'm, I was pulling it up on our account here, really, there's no other videos that are as hot as that one. I mean, really? Yeah. That's okay. just killing it, man. Well, awesome. I'm sorry it took me so long to pull it together. And I've got some more varied footage from that indoor gathering at the Neat Fair, so I'll try to pull some of that together and post that up as well. Good job. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mutual admiration society here. All right, on that note, while Lee and Terry are thanking each other, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Thank you. So, Lee, I understand you had a fantastic, wonderful time at the, was it, Space City RC Club's Pearl Harbor event last week? I did. Posted some photos. Posted a video of my you Corsair. You did live video, didn't you? I did a live video. I guess it was okay. Didn't didn't get as much engagement as your funky wingy thing. Well, that's <laughs> Uh, yes, I did a live video. I was just a little, uh, flight line tour and I got to fly. I took Austin with me. So he did some video as well. And like I said, he, he was able to video Wilson flying, which is one of my best landings ever. So Excellent. <laughs> yeah. How do they say you landed like a butterfly with sore feet? <laughs> oh, I've never heard that, <laughs> heard but that okay. <laughs> yes, I landed like that. <laughs> Poor butterfly. Um, yeah. That's the benchmark fun. now. All other landings in that plane will be compared it, to this one. That's true. It, it was it was good, and I uh, posted a photo of of me with Wilson at the end, and it was after we had this huge gaggle of, I think someone actually said it was 14 warbirds in the air. We're talking big 
airplanes that are made not of foam but of hard wood and large <laughs> gas engines and could leave a nice dent in your skull in your side or in your skull yeah so uh that was fun i mean obviously i've flown a lot more aircraft at best for a, a warbird gaggle but those were just foam planes and we didn't care in fact wait fitz didn't you have a a little accident when we did that didn't you get hit by that corsair Oh, yeah, it was a couple years ago or so. Yeah, yeah. But so there, there wasn't mid-air. Ahead of mid-air. No mid-airs, mm. uh, but the landing on that one was just a little long. I had a nice little bounce that put me back up like five feet. <laughs> so, uh, But I landed safely, and I, I decided to come down early. I figured that's kind of the big uh, situation you get into when you're landing big aircraft is who's still on the runway and who do you have to avoid. And sure enough, after I landed, two other guys came down, and they both flipped. In the middle right. of the runway, so yeah, yeah, you don't want that. <clears throat> yeah, and I and I'll, also my tank's smaller, so I had an excuse <laughs> to get down earlier. Your tank is a nice size. Don't complain. It <laughs> it works. Right. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. I want to thank uh, Space City RC for putting on this uh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance. They have a uh, a nice tribute uh, that Paul Curry reads about the day's events of Pearl Harbor. December 7th, 1941. Yeah, this is interesting because it was actually December 7th. It was. On that yeah. Saturday, yeah. Was... So that... and, and for our new listeners, Wilson is your 60 size top flight Corsair? Correct. Yeah. Na- yeah. Named after. Gas. Gas. <laughs> named after Tom Wilson! <laughs> <laughs> Wilson! Wilson! Um, do you wear your loincloth when you fly it? <laughs> no, but I, I, I maybe need to put on like a big mop on my head. Okay. Uh, so it flew great. I had a good time. Uh, no issues with Wilson. Uh, Austin got to fly my Park Zone T28 I brought for him. And boy, he took to it like uh, you know, a fish in water. I mean, he was flying inverted before I turned around. Uh, he was, you know, he, it's a great flying plane, the, the T28 Trojan. We could have another podcast about it. I'm sure we've had another podcast about the T28. So he flew that. He also, uh, I also brought my little Corsair UMX from E-Flight. And he flew that inside. And again, turned around. He's flying it upside down. He's doing all kinds of loops. And then he quickly became friends with some other guys out there. Um, Chris Dunnan. There we go. He was one of the guys Austin hung out with. He was one that had a really nice P-47. In fact, he's a... I, or the newest member of the Texas Warbird flying team. They uh, initiated him <coughs> at the event. What's the initiation like? Uh, take a knee. Here's your shirt. Now go and fly. <laughs> oh, and go and fly low. <laughs> that's, I think that's the thing. He flies very well. He's a really good pilot. Uh, the P-47 video I posted, uh, I think it was on our page too, uh, was very brief. But uh, yes, he's a very talented young man. So Austin was hanging out with them. He got to fly a little uh, shoot, ugly stick. Okay. Right, Terry? I think that's what it was. They were they were, had a great time. They put a GoPro on it. Uh, they were doing other crazy stuff with their GoPro, trying to chase a plane, the little UMX Corsair. It's yeah, that a, was interesting because you said this is a nitro-powered model, and they put a GoPro on the airplane, and they didn't get uh, shaky video. No, it has, looks... Yeah, my experience in the past is any sort of nitro or gas-powered motor is just impractical for an action camera because there's too much yeah. vibration. The GoPro 7 did a great job. I'll have to see if Austin shared it on his YouTube 
channel if it's public or it could be unlisted. Yeah, I was just going to ask if, where the video was. Yeah, I'll get my hands on it and I'll put it out there for you guys. But he went out and, I'm, uh, you know, he's jumping ahead of technology faster than daddy. But there is some add-on or you know, HUD you can put on your footage uh-huh. that'll take the GPS data. Right. And you know, show you really? the tracking and show you the airspeed and all that jazz. Oh, wow. and he he did the flight you know map with that. It was it was fun. It's not what he should have been doing because there was homework due. <laughs> but you know, he did he did make the video. I was entertained by it. I'll certainly share it with you guys. Don't the GoPros have some sort of image stabilization built into them? The newer ones. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it was amazing. Yeah. And I saw them flying, and it was questionable flying to begin with. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the, the GoPro made them better pilots <laughs> right away. <laughs> Um, so anyway, great event. Thanks, Sir Paul and uh, Joshua Borrell. I think Borrell. Maybe it's Borrell. Uh, he's the president of the club uh, for putting on the event. It was a great turnout. Texas Warbird Thunder guys were all there. Had some really cool planes. A couple of neat crashes that I didn't capture because I was flying. So sorry, folks. Forgiven. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we did have a close call. There was one that uh, really got everybody uh, shaking a little bit. But there were some guys in chairs going, what? What happened? <laughs> they had, like no idea, but a guy had taken off his P forty and that thing winged over into the, not just the pits. We're talking the the sitting area and canopies, and it t- completely obliterated a canopy. No one was uh, underneath it, so all is safe. No one was hurt, but it was a, a wild uh, takeoff and landing. A very a very quick takeoff and landing. Hmm. Uh, what did the RC NTSB say? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I saw the pieces afterwards. I I told oh, the guy. Glad you didn't hit anybody. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he agreed. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it was. Could have been a battery. I don't know. Hmm. Check those. Check those batteries voltage, guys. Yeah. Well, the last time I saw your son Austin fly was, <clears throat> it was like three years ago at least, and he could fly, but he still needed some oversight and some help every now and then. It sounds like he has progressed. Muy macho. Muy. Yes. Is He's he really is, good. Yeah, so is there anything in your fleet that he can't fly? Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I have some notes that I was going to talk about near the end of the show, but I'll just jump to this one now that you kind of opened that uh, can of worms. I was thinking <laughs> it, it might be time for him to get a Warbird and, you know, a 40 or 60 size Warbird. Obviously, I'm not going to let him fly Wilson. And I was thinking about him flying the H&M Corsair, and I'm like, nah, that's mine. <laughs> I put too much work into that. But it, it might be time for him to get something bigger. So that'll that'll be on the horizon. So okay. yes, I think he would I think he'd like to get a nice warbird and and join us at some of these warbird events. And maybe he'll make it out for the April event at uh, JSE. Mm. All right, fun. So thanks for that report, Lee. Glad you had a good time. I'm sad my friend Fitz couldn't make it. I think you would have had a great time. Yeah, I actually had intended to go, but uh we, my wife was having some issues with the car that needed to take, be taken care of, so that put the kibosh on that. You have all sorts of Japanese models. This was your event. I your know. Time to shine. I have a zero. I heard they had a zero only gaggle too. <laughs> they did. It's like it was. You're right. It was. It's it's Japanese airplanes. Come on oh, down, Fitz. Oh, I have a zero <laughs> perfect for that. You know. Oh. It's like me missing the oddly shaped airplane fly in. And you yeah. have a you have a Val in a box. I have a Val in a box. I have a Zero not in a box. I've got a Tony not in a box either. That's ready to go. I got two Tonys actually. You guys say that. It reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit. No, not that but, box. Okay, <laughs> so what a so, Val. 
so we'll we'll jump to this. So we have the Fitz Fantastic Flotilla of Fun. Do we need to have some kind of Fitz Fantastic Axis of Fun? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <clears throat> I mean, really, that should be his next event. It needs to be all Axis power. The all Axis Fun Fly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just <laughs> just the Germans, the Italians, and the Japanese. There you go. Wipe out the capitalist scum, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will photograph that if you if you make it happen. Texas <laughs> Here in Texas, I get run out of town. Yeah, you might. You, might. <laughs> you, you know what would happen is you'd have the Texas Warbird Thunder guys off to the side, and when you take off, they'd all launch their Corsairs at you. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, Fitz's Fantastic, how about we talk about your flotilla of fun? Yes, we yesterday. had. Uh, it was yesterday, as a matter of fact, the... F F O F, right? F F F O F. F F F O F. Can't how many F. It's it's official. There's no changing it now. Once I die, and then you can change it. Fuff. So yes, the flotilla of fun was actually quite fun and very much a flotilla. We had a really good showing. The weather was really really nice. If winds were slightly light, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, but uh, it was enough to knock your sailboat off the stand, so I'd say that was adequate. That's true, yeah. So yeah, we had a lot of sailboats that showed up, uh, even though a certain person didn't bring his. Oh. <laughs> uh, had some new faces show up. Some guys that were in town that had they brought some really high speed power boats. <laughs> Terry, do you see the pictures of the uh, the, the boats on trailers? Oh yeah, the little rigs are. Yes, they actually drove them from their cars. So I'm, so I'm, sit, I'm sitting down or standing around, and I hear I'm like, "What the hell?" It was the guy was driving his RC boat using his RC car. Uh, I think they're rock crawlers, so they weren't yeah. going all that fast, but they had a, a simulated engine sound in the rock crawler car. Wow. As he's driving an RC boat down the sidewalk, it's up to the meat. <laughs> Were they disappointed that there's no ramp there to get into the lake? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the water was a little low, so everybody had to lean over to put him in. Yeah, yeah, that first step's a doozy. Uh, so it turns out these are guys actually have a boating group in the Houston area. So we hooked up. Oh. With them. Yeah, I didn't even know. Uh, so they have a Facebook page uh, that's sort of. Uh, a nexus where they talk about where they're going to go and what places are they can go boating and kind of gather and stuff like that. So. Houston. So Houston were you the sharks RC or the jets? Turf war. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no turf war here. We're all one big happy boating family. Okay. Uh, we we didn't tie our uh, hands together and have a knife in the other hand, <laughs> transmitting the other hand, beating each other with it. Uh, so we had oh, quite a few. It actually turned out to be a pretty good turnout. I didn't get a full count, but uh, Lee came down, of course, uh, to join the fun and put his rescue boat to use again. Rescue tug. Oh yeah, I saw a picture of you rescuing your own boat. <laughs> that was that was Fitz stopping the boat in front of my tug and, and snapping a photo. No, I, I actually rescued another speedboat that flipped. Okay, but as everybody jokingly said, my boat is so slow. By the time I got over there, the boat could have just you know wound oh. up on the side of the shore. Actually, yeah, uh, Jeff made a comment when you were 
putt-putting over there with your boat? He said, you should have just picked up the boat and walked over there with it. He is so right. <laughs> yeah, I've got to I've got to change the the weight of the on the tugboat. I got to push it back a little further, <laughs> get that nose back up in the air. So when you go fast at submarines or something, it's, it just dives. Okay, that's a feature. It's not a good feature. <laughs> so that's your homemade floating arm things. Mm-hmm. It's working out well. Works out so far. Okay. I don't, what, I'm going to my four for four or four for five. I still think I, I still think you should put some giant Mickey Mouse hands on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that picture, I uh, imagined Patrick Swayze reaching around Demi Moore and Ghost and just puzzling <laughs> you. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, I see. I see a boat retrieval system. But I'm not sure about you, Terry. Yeah, where's your imagination? <laughs> <laughs> but all turned out okay you got your boat back and how did your uh your not so cheap cheap boat do well fitz drove it so what do you think fitz it's okay i think is for, the for... heating taken care of that i don't know not at all <laughs> <laughs> so long as the motor doesn't melt into its base components as long as okay. you're moving forward <laughs> there's air <laughs> but when, i don't know i i will i like the comment you guys made about just trying to throw some heat sinks on there so i'll i'll do that but it, it you don't need to spend a lot of money in fact speaking of boats and speaking about spending a lot of money i brought the pro boat okay me. the uh, shockwave yes and I just recently replaced the entire shaft unit and the inner liner, uh, and it cost me 80, 90 bucks to do all that. What? To do this upgrade. Yeah. Why? It's not cheap because it's all the pieces that you have to get. They're not, these boat parts are not cheap. It's not so, just a stuffing tube and a cable? No, no. It, plus, I know I had to replace the whole cop, uh, brass tube, too. So, and anyway, long story plated. short, it worked. <laughs> Unobtainium. <laughs> The boat ran fine in my pond. I took it out to the Fitz's Fantastic Flotilla of Fun and got it out on a plane, and then it just stopped. And the shaft was spinning in the collet adapter for the motor. And I brought it back, tried to tighten it, went back on the thing, same thing. Just keep slipping. And to the point where I could not, no matter how hard I tried to tighten it, to wipe down that the, the shaft because it had a lot of grease on it, yeah. I could not get it to lock in place, so I had to give up. And I was very, very sad about that because I really, it ran great in our pond and I just, I've got to re-engineer that. And I'm not the only one who has had that problem with that collet adapter. Other people have complained it slips too easily. So again, just, uh, sorry, I got off on a tangent there, but just couldn't get that pro boat to run and I'll, I'll have it fixed by next flotilla. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. I had no idea it would cost you that much to fix the the shaft on there shipping too don't forget that yeah but still Ugh. i would think like 20 maybe 30 bucks but gosh 80 yeah i think all because i had a i think the other problem was i i didn't order one part i had to order it again so i had to pay for shipping again but i digress it's not you know they, these parts are kind of custom made for this boat you just you don't buy them out horizon hobby that's you don't want those parts you want the better parts so oh i see you were buying upgrade items yeah Okay, I thought you were getting just replacements. And, and it, like I said, I was like, I was so happy on our pond. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. And then it just kept slipping. Hmm. But that's, but see, that's the one part I didn't replace. I didn't change the, I didn't get a better collet. I kept the stock collet, so that should have been, I should have replaced. Oh, they that have too. a uh, collet upgrade for it. I think they have a collet upgrade too at that site. 
So, again, my mistake. Hmm. Are you going but, to promote the site, or are you? Uh, you know what? You I would if I remembered. I will. Oh, I, I, I don't have a problem with. But how many people have the pro boat? So mm-hmm. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. All right. I'll give. It, I'll give you the link. But thank you, Fitz, for putting on the event. I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. And I'm going to call out my neighbor, Steve, who did not attend. Way to go, and, Steve. Yeah, way to go, Steve. Again, you did not show up. So hopefully I'll drag his butt out. I'll, I'll drug him and drag him out next time and throw his boat in the water and say, go, go get it. <laughs> <laughs> so when's the next one going to be? I have no idea. Probably early spring, I imagine. Hmm. Huh. Was it uh, All right. March, April, maybe, ish? <laughs> okay. I usually don't know until you know, a month ahead of time, roughly. So, what uh-huh. I do, I post, uh, I post the, the dates and uh, that kind of stuff, information. Where at? This is uh, Sammy Rodriguez Park in Clear Lake City, Texas. Uh, well, I meant. Okay, no. that's good info too. But I meant, where do you post information? Oh, oh, oh. Getting more specific there. Uh, I post, I'll post on, of course, our RC Roundtable podcast page. Uh, usually RC groups will have it there. Now that we have a third, the uh, RC Houston Boats Facebook page, I'll post there as well. Uh, if you send us an email to, what was it, contact at rcroundtable.com. See uh, and I will add you to our own personal email list. I have a, a running email list that I also will email out the dates and the flyer when it comes up. Uh, everybody's name remains private, so I don't post. I don't send you, share your your email, but I will send you an email. So you have several ways of finding out if you're in the Houston area and want to participate. Remember, this event is completely free. Just show up with a boat of some sort, as long as it's not uh, gas engine powered, and you can. Hang out with us, and we, we have a good time. Sometimes we throw buoys in the water for the sailboats, or power boats too. And uh, it's just a, just a fun, relaxing day, or morning, really, on the, on the nice little pond there. All right. And I'd like to follow up. It's called OffshoreElectrics.com. Oh, yeah, I know them. Yes, they're very well-known. Uh, and it was probably, now that I'm looking at the site and looking at the prices again, I, was, I think it's probably closer to 60 bucks that I paid, not 80 I still would have been shocked at that, but that was before I knew you were buying custom parts. Well, and the best part is all the parts they gave me were great. <laughs> I got to replace the collet. Gotcha. All right. That's enough boats. All right. <laughs> so, Lee, I understand you uh, have a, a supplement to your diet. <laughs> I'm roasting it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard crow tastes especially good with uh, hot sauce and maybe uh, a side ketchup. and ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> <Just ketchup. laughs> yeah, I have some I have some crow to eat or some apologies to make. And, and, and a good open conversation is, is going to come out of this, I think. So first off, I'm going to apologize to my friend, my buddy, our buddy, Keith. Uh, he listened to our show. He gave me a call, and I hope he doesn't call me and, and yell at me because I'm apologizing publicly. But I do owe him an apology because when we talked about the L39 that he gave Austin, uh, he did tell me that the motor may have a bearing problem or it may have an issue. I I knew it had a problem. I just didn't remember what he told me it was. So when I mentioned that the motor was shot, uh, and, and also I'm going to kind of make you feel guilty too, Fitz, because 
<laughs> he pointed out that you were out there flying with him that L thirty nine when it was making some noise. And you have no memory of it either, so uh, yeah, I completely forgot. I, there's so much that goes on that sometimes certain minor things get flushed out of the. I have my own personal. Were we drinking Saturday night at best? Because I'm, I'm assuming that's for our lack of memory on this whole story. <laughs> what happens at best stays at best. Right? <laughs> well, so I apologize to Keith. He, I did not feel like he he gave me a lemon at all. I know he was being very generous, and I told him that. I said, really, there's no, there was no ill will. I, uh, I just completely and utterly forgot. I just found it entertaining to pull open that motor and see how you know split that magnet was you know and uh, you know and part of the fun is rebuilding and you know making things better and all that jazz so and and austin wasn't upset at all he's like hey dad this thing sounds weird and i laughed (laughs) you know after figuring out what it was so we will fix the l39 he got everything else working except for the motor so that's that's in my side of the the workbench right now so i will try to get that working for him and also I had mentioned several times that I felt like this L39 was a different make than the Fly Zone. I still can't put my finger on it, but he said it's the Great Plains L39. And I didn't know Great Plains made one because mine's Fly Zone and they're owned by the same, right? It's all Hobbyco, right? Yeah, this is before the merger. Yeah, or before Fly Zone came about, maybe. It used to be just Great Plains. So I'm just wondering if if Flyzone took the molds and then modified them because he had talked to me about making cockpit upgrades for well, this. Flyzone was a hobby code thing too. They were same people in the same building. So right. So I but they if you look at the both kits, there's something different. You know, it's not they're not identical. It's not like I've got the same plane and then one's just a different color scheme that kind of thing. There's some different mold details. But anyway. Um, I mean, I've got one. He's got one. We're going to get it fixed. We're going to fly them. And so thanks. Thanks, Keith, for the awesome gift. And, you know, I'll I'll fix the motor. <laughs> That's my job. Can't beat free, right, guys? No, never. <laughs> never. All right. So the next can of worms, and I'd, I'd love to get y'all's input on this. I posted a photo gallery of a bad connector I had. On my Corsair, I had a Y connector where the wire pulled out of the connector and the pin. And I have been making servo connectors and crimping pins and soldering for a long time. And I never felt like I was going to get, I'm not going to say attacked. I don't think it was attacked at all, but corrected, uh, swiftly corrected. But I went to make the repair, and I did the repair like I do, which is I have a crimp tool, I have crimp pins, I tinned the wire, I snipped the wire to length to fit where the first crimp is, which is the wire part, and then I crimp the insulation, and then I tap solder the tip that's on the pin to secure it. And that's how I've been doing it, and it's been working, and I've had no issues. But I got a lot of people correcting me, saying you should never, ever, 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 ever solder a crimp connection. <laughs> so you're laughing, but I—I'll <laughs> tell you, I—I I was kind of shocked, and and they were making some comments, technical comments that you can't do this. It's uh, it uh, weakens the joint if you you know 
tin the wire and it, it you know wicks down and in, under the insulation it, it's going to crack over time and i mean i got different answers and i'll tell you i sat there kind of mad at first i mean kind of like when i lost my big ass thunder and lightning i was like okay i need five minutes to myself leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> and but then i'll say after being corrected and i say corrected i mean after being given that information i did some research and I see a lot of the what they're talking about out there. It says like, you know, there's a it's kind of like PC and Mac and Canon and Nikon. It's a huge debate on crimp or solder. And tastes great. Of, <laughs> less filling. I, I was thinking uh, more like uh, solder gate. There's your there's your title of the show. Solder gate. Yeah, you had the hydro gate before. Now you have solder gate. Now we have solder gate. So. I will, I'm going to, my eating crow is, I will admit that I have not done enough research. I am not a certified electrical technician. I, I've never taken a course on it. All of my learning has been by doing and following my father's work. And I hope that no one ever criticizes my dad because I would never question my dad's skills and uh, watching videos and watching other RC guys do their work. My reason for adding the solder to the pin, which I have the crimp tool, I've crimped wires and just left them as they were, but I don't want them coming off. And I just solder the wire to the pin and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not soldering the whole wire to the connector by itself or the pin by itself. I'm also using the insulation and you know, they're, they're the big no-nos. Well, I have a lot of questions about that. So first, before I go on my other little topics here, I got comments about it. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Have you ever had that debate or anybody talk to you? Or what are your thoughts in general? Well, I'll say that when I first saw your picture of that, I did kind of cringe a little bit too. Because I had, I'm familiar with that a little bit. Well, you're Anderson Pole guy. <laughs> well, I, if I remember correctly, that is also a major no-no on aircraft wiring harnesses for full scale. To do solder crimp connections like that, because uh, you can, it is stress point and it can cause fatigue and and, and you can basically crack off the, um, where the solder and the wires sort of have a demarcation line. That is a stress point, so that is not something I've uh, unheard of in, in my travels. So yeah, um, now. In an electric plane, it's probably not a big deal. Because um, there's less vibration? Yeah, there's a whole lot less vibration. Fewer cycles, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's say a glow power plane or a gas power plane, that's yeah, probably something you definitely don't want to do. So that's a point that I was going to bring up. That there's, I, I think, a significant difference between electric or glow or a glider, you know, something that's not going to have vibration. And I think another thing worth mentioning is that a lot of hard and fast rules like this kind of take into account the lowest common denominator, where I think you're probably a better than average solderer, Lee, and you can control and you know where the tin is going and all that, and the other people don't. So I think you can manage it a little better. Um, so maybe you've got more latitude with the way you're doing it whereas it's probably easier just to tell other people if you don't know their soldering ability just yeah don't do that because yeah that's a good do you both sense. do both of you crimp servo wires um no i'll be honest i solder a lot of mine you mean crimp the connector 
Yes. Yes. You, I, when you, when you... Yes, I crimp. I have a crimp tool, and I make my own extensions and stuff like that, and, and they're all crimped. Okay. No solder. So, but you never soldered. No, I never soldered. Okay. No, only okay. I've soldered in the past as, only as a uh, a quick field repair. I think I've done once many moons ago before I had the crimp tool, but now that I have the crimp tool, uh, no, I don't solder at all. I'm going to start my next speech with this. If you're listening to the show and you're and you're angry as hell <laughs> and you're like, I can't believe he's soldering connectors. Or if you're if you either agree or disagree, either way, I'd like you to let us know. Either go to our page or email us how you do your servo connectors. You I'd like to poll, just. Well, that's what I'm that's what I was trying to get to. We should do a, a figure out a, a, an average of what people are doing. Now, that said, I don't have a problem just crimping only. So I, like I said, I've crimped connectors for a long time and I'll just crimp and be done. But let's talk about the debate in which case people are talking about failure or uh, cracking, separating, that kind of thing. First off, and this is to be a little obnoxious, I've never had a connector I've created that I've soldered fail. Knock Failing on some wood, means, buddy. Huh? No, <laughs> I, I just, am right here. All right. I, I, I haven't had the wire come out afterwards. I've don't feel like I've ever it, it's broken off at the insulation crimp because of the soldering I did ahead. Mm-hmm. One article that I read and I guys I'm, I'm feel free to toss me all the articles or technical manuals you have. And especially if it has proof and charts and examples to, to I mean, I, I could, I don't mind being set straight on this cause I'll change my ways if I have to, but there's some articles I read here that talk about both methods and how some crimping is actually bad. <laughs> and but I'll get to that in a second. The the key here was I tin the tip of my wire. I don't tin the entire wire. I crimp the wire first. And that was one article here. It says if you are crimping your wires completely and then you solder, that's okay. I'm just telling you I found an article there. <laughs> it's out there on the internet. So it says if you feel like you have to, you know, solder the then solder the last pin the the well, I say the inner crimp when you're done crimping. Okay? And Terry pointed out one other chart that says is don't do it if you don't know how to solder. If you don't have a temperature set soldering iron. Okay. If you don't know how, how much heat you need. Because the problem is if you heat it too long. And I mentioned that in my article that you cannot heat this very long or you're going to start melting the wire in the insulation. And then you've kind of completely failed yourself. So I am doing it after I crimp. I'm not crimping too tight to cut off the wire. Um... One thing that I love in this article here was that you have to have significant compression to properly crimp a wire. And significant compression is going to vary depending on how strong you are and how good your tool is. So it's the same as how good you can solder. You may have the right tool, you may have the right pin, but if you're not crimping with enough pressure or properly, you're, you're causing a failure too. So then the question is, who's failing? And quite frankly, I had a wire that came out without me putting any pressure on it. From a Obviously, factory built, a factory built connector. So, <laughs> it's it's a PSA that says you know, sometimes you got to yank on those connectors to make sure they're not going anywhere. Well, then when you yank it, are you actually causing an increased strain? Are you are you going to create something that you know what do you call it a, a it's not a stair step effect? What do you call it a like a fall? What do they call it? Uh, are you going to be instigating the problem by yanking on it just to see if it's strong enough? Right. Okay. I respect that people were talking about how soldering could weaken it. But here is my biggest, this is the debate I have to ask all the time. 
you're talking about soldering wire and specifically stranded wire. Most have said you should never crimp solid wire. Okay. So we're talking about stranded wire. How many of you guys solder stranded wire battery connectors? Well, you should don't just, answer. Just, don't answer, Fitz. <laughs> you crimp yours. No, no, I used to solder but, all the time, actually. I know, but most of yours are, are you using your interesting poles. But yeah. Terry and I are deans. You know, I'm an EC5. I do, you know, the, I now do the XT30s for my small stuff. Yeah. So I'm soldering I've those. Soldered deans. I don't but solder. guess what? I use a C-clamp on both terminals at the Dean's plug. <laughs> <laughs> both terminals together. There's your CG yeah. problem. But the point is, now the people arguing about how you're causing a, a chance of cracking, cracking the connector where the solder joint meets the, the connector or the pin, I'm like, I have de- hundreds of Dean's that I solder all the time. Okay, and I'm yanking and pulling and moving and shifting those around way more than my servo lines. So how come that's not a debate of what's failure? What's the what's the failure cause of soldering, you know, a wire to that? How come Anderson's like going, did y'all know that soldering is a bad thing? (laughs) You you see what I'm saying? It just seems to me that you're going to have more failures at your battery connector than you ever are going to have on your servo. It's a much different gauge of wire. True. So given the forces involved, I don't know. We could analyze it, but I think it all boils down to do what you're comfortable with. Do what works for you. Well, it just seemed to me that you have a better chance of of putting a battery connector at a 90-degree angle than you are of a servo pin that still has an insulation crimp inside another plastic adapter. Yeah, But that's not a crimp. You're talking about the battery connector is not a crimp connection. It's just a solder connection. It isn't. I'm just, but I'm going back to the whole debate on why I should never solder pins on a servo line versus, okay, we're soldering wires onto Dean's connectors. I'm just going to go through Dean's right now. You know, that to me with the, as far as the cracking and the bending and the, and the, you know, by restricting the wires from moving, you have a, a, the, the separation from where the solder is wicked onto the pin versus the strands that are under the insulation. You have a better chance of that stuff breaking and cracking with movement on a battery than you would a servo. Well, like Terry said, the battery wire is a much bigger strand of uh, gauge wire. Okay, well, let's let's say it's not. Let's say it's 16. Hmm. Let's say it's a... That's still pretty big. Know, it's much bigger than the, the 24 gauge-ish. 20, 20, 22? 22, 24 on a 20, circle uh, connection. That's oh, crimped. It is. it is, but I again, the, the, I'm, but that wasn't the comment they made. They didn't say depending on the gauge. They just strictly said you should never solder a crimp connector. Yeah, well, the crimp may uh, have extra, the the, um, uh, the pressure. I'm thinking pressure points. The stress points may have additional stress points because it's a crimp connection. Yeah. See, to me, I think with the insulation crimp, you've reduced the stress point completely. You don't have that on a Dean's connector unless you add one. And I'll tell you, I typically do by adding two layers of shrink tubing. You know, I'll do the first one and then I'll add another one because that's what I'm pulling on. That's where I have my hand. I, I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm saying I certainly respect those guys who reached out and said that's a wrong thing to do. I went out and did my research. I see a lot of cases where they say you should never do that. But I also found cases where people saying you can do that. Okay. And that in this particular situation with a servo wire that you don't want to have to come out. And, and if you know what you're doing, if you know how to solder, thank you, Terry, for mentioning that that it's it's not as bad as it seems. 
you're, you're not you're not going to put this plane at a higher risk of failure because of that. In fact, I feel like I've put my plane in a much safer well, place because of how I like to. Okay, well, it sounds like you have your answer. It's something typically you shouldn't do unless you really know what you're doing. Well, and I think that's the key. Cause like ski of, jumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to ski jump with one ski back to Brain surgery. Well, and, and that could be the case, but I think that, I, again, I think if you don't know how to crimp and you don't have a tool that can compress it properly, because I'll tell you, I watched a video on the proper method. I mean, these are like, as you had mentioned, Fitz, we're talking about airline type connections. We're talking about certified connections, and they're doing these cross cuts to check how well they're being crimped. Yeah. And most of the gauges on here are huge gauge wires, but they're showing you how it has to be, you know, completely around and how, how much pressure it should have. And so, I mean, if you're in that boat, I can see where you would immediately jump on a solder slash crimp debate. But for, for what I was doing, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just wondering if anybody else says, I know that one, at least one person out there had commented that that's how they do their servo lines. So if we are completely wrong, well, let's correct two of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, another way to look at it, if you take a list of all the hazards that might kill whatever model you're talking about, the crimped versus soldered connectors is somewhere in there, I would say closer to the middle or the bottom than the top. So this is a long-term fatigue issue and... So I, I don't know. So you say you're more, something you're cognizant of, I, I don't think it's ever going to be. A so something you're more likely to dump thumb the plane into the ground before <laughs> the connector <laughs> breaks. True. But, but you know what? You, you have these nice planes. We don't, I don't know what happened to the P40. I hope it wasn't the, 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 the positive wire on his battery sliding out of the, the servo connector because he forgot to solder it. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. I don't, we don't know what it was. And sometimes it's difficult to do these NTSB reports on model aircraft because you, you, it's sometimes difficult to, to find it exactly what it is. But I will tell you, uh, to kind of to close this conversation, my dad and I had a lot of problems with in this case, it was Fataba J connectors as battery connectors. Now, Terry, I know that you don't like switches. You know, they fail. So that oh. you remove that failure point. So you plug your battery directly into the receiver. That's My dad right. and I kind of had the same situation. We've had switches fail on us. Or when we were throwing the gliders, we'd push the switch off. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we switched them around. But, you know, and, and to save weight and to save a mess, you would, you would solder them correctly in. My dad... We've had we had so many Fataba J connectors slide out from their their jackets, male female. Right. We switched to the Dean's three pins. The let me rephrase that, the Dean's solder three pins. Yep. So not only did we do that almost on every switch or every battery connection we had, but if we had a plane that had a separated wing with ailerons or flaps, we changed those connectors too because we used them all the time. And they were very strong connectors. I don't think we've ever had one fail. But I will tell you, if I had a wire that had been sitting for a long time and, and, and I wasn't careful or something, I might have found one where the solder joint came off. Okay? I'm, that's completely open in there that solder joints will also fail. 
but I know we just had a lot of problems with the connectors popping out on us. So it, you make, you made a great point. It is what it is. How many different types of failures can you have? Is soldering a connector the worst thing you can do? No, you'll 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 thumb it down to the ground first. <laughs> so so Lee, they really hit a nerve with you, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I after my break, <laughs> after did my they crimp that nerve? Or <laughs> but I think they called his baby ugly. This. Look, I wanted to share this with you guys because I know that if I, I don't know if it's, it's not going to be next week. It's the holidays. I'd like to go sit down with my friends at the Texas Warbird Thunder lunch that's near my house. I want to sit down with them. I'm going to bring this topic up, and I know I'm going to hear it from all sides of the tables on different opinions on it. But this is how we share information because if. If I am completely wrong, if I find that this, this, I don't know, some re- paper comes out and says, oh, by the way, this is why you should never do that, yada, yada, and we found out it's worse, then I, maybe I'll invest in a much better servo pin crimping tool, a, a, a really good one, a, a, I mean, a high-end one that's certified, so to speak, not uh-huh. these simple you know, plier types that you can just buy at the store for 20 bucks. And maybe that's my solution, and I'll feel better, and, and that's the right information to share with our listeners. Right. Well, I think this is interesting because all people involved in this conversation have a long history of experience of things that work that aren't necessarily the same. So the the crimper guys can say they've been crimping forever and it's never failed. You can say you've been soldering forever and it's never failed. So I think in this particular instance, nobody's actually wrong. Oh, good. Just so say it. Say, Lee, you're not wrong. Lee, you're not wrong. I respect Ooh, your I can, opinion. I can, I can sleep better now. <laughs> but you're not completely Phew, right I either. <laughs> I haven't slept in a week. <laughs> anyway, you know, we try to put those little posts out there of things that help us, things we do to, to make our hobby good. And, and like I said, I'm, I was way open to this. I could have not had this conversation at all. I could have just kept it to myself. But if you are listening, and again, if you're either screaming at me or you support me, your comments are welcome, and we'd like to find out how people are, are doing that. And of course, there are going to be some Anderson poll lovers out there. They're going to go on Fitz's side. Well, you're talking battery connectors now. Well, I mean any kind of connectors. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing to note. A lot of the connectors we use in RC are borrowed from industrial electronics, like Molex-type connectors, even the Tamiya battery connectors. And they may work, but none of them are designed for the types of cycles that we put on connectors. They're the kinds of things you put in place on a board to connect wires to a board and then you leave it and we cycle it on and off a thousand times and not even think about it. Good point, Terry. We're already using all this stuff in ways it was never designed. So you got to die use it way different (laughs) as design than most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes exceeding the the current carrying capability that they're ready for. Very often. Yeah. yeah. Oh they, my God. There's red JST someone... connectors. We've had that conversation before. That's nuts. We oh, use yeah. them and in ways that the people would not have imagined. That is so funny. You mentioned that because I, I think I was telling Fitz that I pulled up an old episode of our show the other day and it was when you had done the graph on all those connectors and like the JST and how you were, you know, it's not rated for 30 amps guys. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a fire starter. Yeah, it makes a nice space heater at that point. Or, or fuse. Well, and you know what? Someone had posted uh, a video, and, and we were all, I mean, most of the comments were joking, but guy had showed an XT, XT60 where the wires had melted out of the, 
the pins. Oh, that's impressive. They're like, what did you put? Were you putting 100 amps through that thing? <laughs> so, arc welding the Titanic or something? <laughs> so, you know, yes, be, yeah, that's the that's the failure point too. Is probably how much current are you running through that sucker? Yep. Yeah, that can happen. If the insulation is missing, you're running too much current. <laughs> <laughs> I melted. I've seen Tamiya Tamiya ones are known for melting pretty easily. Uh, for a hikes, they have a high resistance to them. I don't know why they're yep. still used, but they're Molex, I guess, technically speaking. Yeah, there's all kinds of Molex, but yeah, those are standard Molex. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thanks, by the way, everybody, for hopefully still tuning in. <laughs> Half our listeners have stopped. We're now 206 <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Remember all those new listeners? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, Speaking of research and learning, apparently uh, the FAA is now saying that they want us to take a test in order to fly our toy airplanes, from what I understand. Now, we've we've heard of this before. Uh, it was even mentioned at the AMA Expo how this was coming down the line and uh, they were working with the FAA. So now I guess they've formed a advisory group, I guess you could call it, with a whole bunch of different companies and industry leaders so to speak in the modeling community and i think there's some commercial companies right uh-huh yeah some so it makes you wonder about some of the commercial interests in this uh so there's no we don't have any details on the test or when it's coming right do, do you guys can elaborate on that i can't remember any other details other than hey a test is coming we may have to do it every year did I hear that correctly? Read that correctly? I think that's been tossed around, but I don't know if there's any decisions yet. Yeah, so, it cannot be every year. There's no way. So there's not no. No. There's not a whole lot of information. Uh, we don't know if it's it's some sort of aeronautical knowledge test. So we don't know. Does it involve charts and aircraft sectionals or just general rules of flying? It's really all they're saying is it's coming, winter's coming. And uh is coming <laughs> this is a whole bunch of can of worms i think uh, well i have a call out to eric williams he is the ama vice president for district two he's also been up on the hill uh working with the faa he's in, directly involved in this test uh something we heard at the ama expo west in california was that this test was made for a non-failure rate meaning that if you got the answer wrong it was going to pull up some kind of screen that says are you sure about that oh yeah that's right you yeah, know yeah. this 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 you know question revolves around blah 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 and you pick blah 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 so supposedly you're not supposed to fail the other things we heard again this is all rumor guys so until we actually hear it from uh, i like i said i have a call to eric if he responds I'll, I'll post out the information immediately that if you are a member of the ama they're hoping to cover the cost of the test so being a member would get you into the exam for free. Yeah, I think there was a question about being grandfathered in, but it sounds like that's not going to be an option. There would be no option for grandfathering. You take the test. And some questions I have, just so you know, are if... Well, I'm, I'm curious, because this is all evolving around the FAA in general, if the FAA is going to make it a requirement that you are registered first before you take the test and so that the two are tied together mm. meaning you can't have one without the other 
Now, I'm not saying I support any of this at all, period, but I think that makes sense if that's if you're going to be a good FAA employee and you're trying to monitor all UAS, that if you are requiring people to be registered, then they should be registered before they can even take the test. Yeah, they could, type, which means, they could tie the two together. Yeah, so that means when you log in to take the test, you type in your registration number. If you don't have that number, best guess what? Click on this link to be a member, you know, to pay your due, yeah. so to speak. Now, I think it'd be outrageous for them to consider this test a an annual test or even every five years or so forth. Because guess what? There are more dangers on on the road today with people driving only taking the test once. Goodness gracious! I think if people get into wrecks more than you know twice a year, they should take the test again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, before anybody who's flying a, a model airplane should have. So if to. you crash your airplane twice a year, screw that. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> no, don't get me on that. Don't even. I mean, because we don't even know if they're going to have a fee. You know, the AMA has said that they'll try to cover it. But what if the FAA suddenly says, well, the test is 15 bucks. God help us if they get that nuts. And then they start raising the rate on the registration. I'm, oh, I'm going downhill on this, so yeah, someone interrupt so, me. Yeah. I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. Go to your happy place. <laughs> happy place. <laughs> Corsair Wilson flew great landing. Yay. Okay, I'm good. Okay, so I think the bottom line is there's more to come on that. And we'll try not to uh, blow things out of proportion. Yeah, there's still a lot of unknowns. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Lee opened his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's coming. And look, is it a terribly bad thing? No. I mean, I, I wish, like Fitz had mentioned, if it was a grandfather clause, like if you'd been an AMA member for a long time or something like that. You know, I'd like somehow for the CBO to to have some kind of, you know, freedom there. Mm. Right. But, you know, if it's, if it's you know, it's, it's an inconvenience, okay? But if it's just a refresher course on, by the way, you can't, fly over airports and by the way don't aim your airplane at people (laughs) you know stuff little basic things like that stuff that we do know hopefully most of us know pretty well then that's okay but you know if it gets out of hand as far as the number of times you have to take it or the cost then we're going to have some issues can we do anything about it i don't know but sure would i sure hope eric is is uh, able to guide those people who are all the do you have the list in front of you terry of all of those involved in the test prep i do not but just glancing at the list it's people who have no business deciding what we do yeah because how many were drone i mean I, oh how many were you know either commercial drone companies or mainly deal mm. with uh those, those dji was definitely one of them well what hmm. was the first one i mean i want to say the first one was a, a drone company was it the commercial drone alliance I don't know. I, I don't want to speak out of turn with that. But I just remember looking at that list and thinking, what possible interest could they have in the knowledge that I need for flying? Mm. Well, now the AMA was on that list. Yes, they, they are, are part of it. They are on the list, yeah. They, and they to me, the they should be the list. Uh, good point. But uh, yeah. apparently or at least they should be number one on the list. They should be at the top of that list. And by the way, A comes before whatever other letter is up there. <laughs> you know, so A should have been at the top. I don't know what they were thinking when they pushed it Maybe all the way. Maybe the bottom. aardvarks of America have something to say. <laughs> like you look at a phone book, you have like A A A A A bond company. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bail bonds, whatever. So, 
Um, so yeah, this is still very much in infancy, but it looks like it's coming down the line. We were warned about it. We sort of hoped it wouldn't, but it looks like the FAA is really pushing for this. Yeah. And it looks like they're like an unstoppable train. Right. So I do have one, I'm somewhat conflicted about it because it, we've at least established that we're not going to avoid it. This thing is coming. And what it's I've coming. heard a lot is that, all right, we're going to make it as easy as possible. You can't fail. You know, it's going to be no big deal. And so part of me says, okay, that's reassuring because you know, I've been doing this forever. Don't tell me what I need to know. <laughs> and the other part says, if we're going to do it, we might as well make it worthwhile. So it's kind of how I feel about meetings at work. Like Nobody likes to go to meetings, but if you're going to have one, at least make it productive and make it yeah. benefit somebody. There's nothing worse than a, a meeting that doesn't accomplish anything. Well, you know what? Horizon Hobbies on that list. Maybe they can give like a $15 coupon, you know, gift card for everyone who passes the test. <laughs> well, it's a lot of people. Well, that's okay. <laughs> They're on the list. Maybe. Just and put it you know, out this, there. <laughs> this could be kind of what we've been saying for a long time. It might be like the ham license stuff where the FCC makes all the rules and enforces all the rules, but they deputize the amateur radio relay league to administer the tests and to kind of self-police yeah. a lot of the newbies yeah. and to nurture them along. And so when I took my ham test, I went to a local club in Lubbock and they gave it to me and they asked me to join the club, but they didn't pressure me to do it. And then I started getting advertisements in the mail from different radio companies and I was fine with that. So I, I think this will probably follow that same pattern, which has worked out very well for them, from what I can tell. So, so I wonder if you're going to have to carry some sort of card or something that says um, registered or, or what do you call it? I've taken the tests and I'm certified, something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I assume it would be like your registration that you should have some sort of evidence on hand that you're legit. Your papers, please. We can have T-shirts made up. T-shirts. <laughs> I'm too yeah. legit to quit. Or tattoos. Oh, God. Interesting. All right. Let's wrap this one up with a bow. All right. This topic. Oh, did you wait, did you uh, want to mention the flight test comments? Well, okay. Tell me if I'm wrong, but my interpretation of what you think is that flight test should have been part of that group, or that's uh, helping to define the test. Am I, I right so far? If, I think if they weren't part of the group, that they should be saying something. I don't, I don't like how I got the interpretation, either it was from, uh, not Eric, uh, Tyler, that because they're using their subscriber number as their member list, and that's not legit because they don't have members. There's right. a difference. They don't yeah, have sure. members like the AMA. They don't have paid, people are not paying them. They don't have their own insurance. So them using the YouTube number is, is not fair, so okay? And okay. so my concern is they're saying, you know, the, the, it, but they, because they have so many people following and they, they claim to be, you know, huge into model aviation, I think they should at least have a video out there that's talking about the stuff that's happening down the road with the FAA, because their people who are buying products for them better be registered and better be ready to take a test. And they're not doing any prep work for that. And that's my opinion. Okay. So... I think we all agree that they're significant players in the hobby now. And so your thought is they should be taking a more administrative role and 
or legislative role, I should say, and what's happening. Well, they're claiming to be one of the largest, you know, aviation groups right now because and they're basing it on their number. And then they're very popular. justification to that. Sure. Oh, yeah. And and I agree. I think they're great. I've, I've promoted them a lot. I talk about them a lot. And Austin loves their planes. And, you know, we're hoping to go to Flight Fest next year. But I think with these rulings where they're very, very quiet on what's happening. And I'm I want to know why. Right. And. I'm one of their members. See, they're going to talk about their members. Guess what? I'm one. And so maybe I'm starting to demand feedback from them, just like we demanded it from the AMA. All right. Yeah, I, I'm i not quite sure where I stand on all this. I I like a lot of things about flight testing. We have this conversation all the time. Uh, I like a lot of things about them. I don't like a lot of things about them. They keep doing stupid stuff in videos for clicks. Um, but... The, there's no contesting that they've brought a lot of people into this hobby. They've got a lot of people building. They got a lot of kids interested in, in an activity that everybody said was dying off. So <laughs> with 1.5 million subscribers comes a great responsibility. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. So yeah, I, um, it depends on which day you ask me. Fitz, do you have a thought? I have no thought. I am agnostic on this one. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I don't disagree in that it would be nice if they could um, try to use their influence, but um, I mean, they're their own organization. They may have their own reasons. So uh, we ultimately, it's, it's a governmental thing. So I don't know if, even if they did, could they really affect much? It doesn't hurt to try, I suppose, but I, 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 I a sign of solidarity would be nice. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to whatever try. the end effectiveness might be, but at least a, a raised fist would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now let's talk about a happy thing. Do we have happy things? Uh, well, Christmas is coming up. You guys got anything on your wish list or things you know that are coming? Or you're giving something, maybe, that's uh, model-related? No. Are we, are any of us at that state? I think we all have so much stuff. There's nothing we need. There's only that's a few true. things we want. Like twin otters. Dear Santa, yeah. I want a twin otter for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're getting a twin otter, but anything else? <laughs> and Yeah, Lee, go ahead and finish yours. Oh, well... I have a whole bunch of notes here, but I'll just jump to the other half that talks about our 2020 goals. I'm going to put Christmas in there because Christmas the is a 2020 just, goal. Well, it is because I, it won't come out till 2020. <laughs> See how that worked. I, I wouldn't be able to get it till oh. next year. Uh, Are we talking planes? We wish would come out in 2020. Oh, uh, well, you know, you're talking about Christmas wish list. So I'm yeah. just thinking, I think the otter is cool. I saw it. I was like, okay, I want to do more stuff to it. So I want to modify it a bit. So yeah, I think the otter would be a great idea, but after flying with everyone at the Pearl Harbor remembrance at space city, RC, uh, I'm going to eye a giant scale aircraft and probably a P 47. So, Next year, I'll be looking. And speaking of next year, this is where Fitz gets involved. Maybe huh? we'll go together to Georgetown Ooh. and see if oh. Lee can find that P-47. So oh, yeah. there you go. That's how my I try to wrap everything up in one little comment there. Yeah, funny you mentioned Georgetown because I was going to actually mention it to you too because I'm interested in going again. 
It's January 24th. 24th? Okay. That's right around the corner. It's right around the yeah. corner. It's about yeah. by the time the otter comes out. I have some stuff to sell, <laughs> so I need to clean out the, the inventory a little bit. You got a P47? Uh, no. Giant scale? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Just thought it saved me a trip. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we'll hopefully we'll go to Georgetown again. That was always that's always been fun to go yeah. to, and we were pleasantly surprised that after the tax man, you know, thing two years ago, tax gate we went last year, the tax man. Remember when they were that that it, the turnout was much better yeah. than we had thought. I mean, it was still kind of low compared to the previous year or t- two years prior, but uh, yeah, I definitely want to go again. Okay, so that was that. And you said nothing on your plate. Terry, you don't want anything? No, no I, mean, I like old antique airplanes anyway, so that's just kind of happenstance when I get those. Mm. Yeah, the Twin Otter looks nice, but I don't pine for it. So, Well, like I said, I want to modify it. Hey, speaking of swap meat, though, Terry, are there swap meats in Buffalo? There are. They, I don't know, they tend to start in early spring, and then they're spread around. So, Well, shoot, I figured they'd be like now when, with the winter, because, you know... <laughs> Yeah, everybody's just going to start moving stuff around. There's not much flying, so everybody would show up at a swap meet. Could be that makes sense, but I don't know of any in the immediate future. Yeah, wintertime sounds a perfect time to have a swap meet because you. All right, well that's that's on my list here of like 2020 goals. I have my that that's on my piece of paper right here. So you need to go do some events, Terry. You need okay. I know you went to Neat. Yada yada, but you need to like do a swap meet and show us some cool pictures and then buy something crazy. Like raise your hand accidentally, like Fitz did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've gone to the meet in Canandaigua the past couple years and really enjoyed those. So I imagine if I can make it, I'll go back to that one. I want to say that's in February or March, but I do want to get to others as well. So I will take you up on that challenge. All right, cool beans. Sounds like a plan. All right, so here's here's what I wanted to talk about, and then y'all can interrupt me. So our 2019 achievements, you ready? Yes. I went back through our podcasts. I went back through our Facebook posts. We went to both AMA Expo East and West. Yay, us. All right. I finished my SIG Cessna 150. Yay, you. I finished my Top Fly Corsair 60. Wilson, my first gas plane. All right, y- yeah. Yay me again. Yay you. I, I think I finally figured... <laughs> Fix the H&M Corsair. Uh, <laughs> For now. That's, that's a dubious honor. <laughs> I, I just, I think that was been the, that's been a fun ride. Just with the whole, you know, flipping, replacing the rudder. Um, Twice. Putting, putting retracts on there and finding two <laughs> screws that are <laughs> the culprit of my life. Uh, I did, got did a Timber X. Did you ever put the two screws oh, back in? No, no, I left them All out, right. just like you said. Oh, <laughs> man, I forgot to give you the screws. They're in my car. Oh. <laughs> you hold on to them, buddy. Someday you might need those screws. <laughs> so I, I realized that I got a Timber X for Christmas. I bought myself a Timber X for Christmas last year. Mm. And that thing is so much fun. So that is a good plane. I've, I flew it at the Pearl Harbor Remembrance at the end of the event mm. when everything was shut down. And mm. that was a lot of fun. People were having fun with yeah, it. I think I even let Austin get his hands on it. Mm. I'm glad you like it and are enjoying it. But is that an achievement? I'm counting as an achievement. You're giving out participation trophies now. I I say achievement, maybe just to look back. How's that? I built the Tugster. Okay. I'll give you that one. I lost my big ass thunder and lightning. Oh, okay. Bomber and best were wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Austin had his friend Max come down from DC to spend a week of 
summer flying. That was cool. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but Ryan soloed last year. That's right. That's a huge achievement. Go Ryan. Go Ryan. And then, so do y'all have any other achievements you want to talk about this year that I didn't mention before I go to to our 2020 goals? You're talking personal achievements or show? Yeah, anything that you did this year, anything you bought, anything you flew? Well, hey, that beaver, that beaver was great. Yeah. So you should pat yourself on the back. That's my big achievement was that beaver. That took a lot of work, a lot of fast work. (laughs) Uh, But in the end, it was worth it. Fantastic flying plane. Looks great. Uh, Has a good presence in the air. Uh, that's that's my crowning achievement for the year. I think it needs to tow a banner. <laughs> well, it says I did it. You be yeah, well, maybe maybe you can tow the American flag for the uh, Warbird event at JSC. Oh, oh yeah. with a Canadian airplane? Come on! <laughs> but it's got American markings. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> or drop candy. Drop Pick candy. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got the big door. What about you, inside. Terry? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It seems like it's just been a year of chugging along. Um, I did make some progress with the yin-yang, and I was hoping to get plans out for that, but that hasn't happened yet, and it's all my fault. So, no, I I don't see any stellar achievements for the year. Not that I'm dissatisfied with anything, but it's just been a status quo kind of year. Well, this was the one I wanted to save for last. Ready, guys? I'm ready. We hit over 1,000 likes. Yay! On our Facebook. And where we have were... over like 2,000 listeners on our show. Wow. So where were we at this point last year? I I can't. I don't think I can look at the historical value on Facebook. I remember we were doing some push to get to 500 likes but not that long ago. Yeah, but I'll say a lot of it's thanks to your little quirky plane. <laughs> oh, that was just in the past few days. We got like a boost of 40 or 50, but... Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, without sounding too cheesy, I guess one of our greatest achievement is you, the listener, and that you you support the show and you show your support for us that makes it all worthwhile and that the listener is the, one of the biggest gifts to us as the runners of the show and our, and our hosts and it makes it all worthwhile that we're not just talking to ourselves. Although it's fine if we just talk to ourselves because we're all buddies, but it's still that other people take enjoyment listening to us wax uh, poetic on all aspects of the RC uh, hobby. <laughs> that was Velveeta cheesy. <laughs> you you are correct. And, and yes, we should thank the listeners for sticking with us and, again, correcting us when we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> for bra beating us when, uh, when when we so deserve. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it, it, is, right. it is nice. And we get to meet a lot of the people that listen to the show. We always take pleasure in meeting people that actually do listen to the show. They're out there. Yeah. They exist. Lee had a public recognition recently, right? Oh, did he? I did, but it, I, I've completely slipped my mind on who saw me. Wasn't it? Did he look like a man? Um, Austin's friend at the at the, uh, the Pearl Harbor thing? Oh, oh, it was Dunnan. Chris Dunnan. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I was like... I was thinking somebody else, uh, but you're right. Yeah, he, he said, I know who you are, Mr. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, I'm so excited to meet you, but I know who you I are. Who you are. I, you. I have I special you. skills. I know you. Sit <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back down. I know you. Well, also, jo- uh, Joshua Burrell, who's the president of Space City RC, he came up to me, uh, just walked straight up to me, and he pointed to his hat, and it's the hat he won from our show. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's right. So. Yeah, it was a local yokel that won the hat. He was like, see? <laughs> <I'm wearing it." laughs> 
Well, here's my list of 2020 goals that we'll we are going to. We have. got more. Well, yeah, because you and I are going to come up with a 100th episode of it. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. And the talk right It'll now be fire is trucks possibly... and hookers will be all great. And let's have a bachelor party with chicks and guns and fire trucks and hookers and drugs and booze. Yeah, yeah. Ah! All the things that make life worth living for. Ah! <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> My wife might not approve of that. Nor mine. She doesn't like fire trucks. <laughs> yeah. What's the matter, honey? You don't like fire trucks? Well, I, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it here, but I think we're going to try to work with a with a SCOBY and maybe do it a, a fun fly swap meet and a food fest kind of thing. Where Good gravy. We, it's an extravaganza. Yeah, it is. And, and there might be firemen. <laughs> fire trucks. Uh the idea is, depending on when they plan their swap meet, we might have to push it to the what we call the hundredth-ish episode event. But if we can mix it with their swap meet, which is always always kind of fun, we'll make it a fun fly. We'll kind of be sponsoring it, and then they'll cook food and make the profit. Hmm. Huh. We are in discussions with that right now, so that'd be awesome. Hopefully, this is we Scobie were... Field in West Houston, at yep. George Bush Park. Park. George Bush Park. We've been there before. We uh, Fitz and I reported there from their Warbird event, so yeah. you can go look up those photos. It's a neat place if you're not familiar with it. It's it's a really sort of a mecca because it's a flying field and it's a control line field and there's a glider field all in one area. There's a, a large field? concrete and it's a large concrete runway. Yeah, paved runway jets. too. Yeah, an air conditioned uh, clubhouse. Yeah. So it, it's an it's a good centralized location. I think it's and it's easy to get yes. to. So let's cross our fingers for that. Yeah. So. Stay tuned on that. We'll hopefully have that by, hopefully by April. Uh, maybe we get a new website. Maybe we get a Patreon. So. Don't hold your breath on the website, <laughs> pal. <laughs> I, I hope we do at least one three view next year. Slackers. Yeah, we are overdue on that, aren't we? Yeah. We even have products to, to look at that are ancient well, I've, now. I've, I've finished one of them, so you guys are the slackers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, hey, speaking of goals, how about we do 2,000 likes next year and maybe 5,000 listeners? So. Ooh, 2,000. Yeah, 2,000. We can do it. And since the AMA is not doing expos, maybe we get uh, it with our districts and find out what events are going on and try to attend one of those things. Because they mentioned at the show that instead of the expos, they're going to look to have district events. And that might be nice. So let's see if we can get involved there. I talked. We talked about Georgetown. I talked about getting a P forty seven. Hopefully, I'll finish the Corsair, the Park Zone Corsair next year. Not take another year to finish that. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I never did. I never finished the Bee Eater. So, oh, is that the control line plane you bought? O four nine U control. Yep. So must finish that next year. Oh yeah. Is that yeah, like yeah. two slabs of wood? <laughs> it, 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 well, I, I think Fitz can agree. We just end up moving things around, and that one got moved into the garage. So yeah. out of sight, out of mind. So yeah. I saw it the other day. I went, darn it. And then I guess finally is uh, hopefully if we do our next get-together, it'll be at NEAT next year. Hey, all right. Ooh, I'm neat. in. Mm. There you go. Neat. So, Petite. Do you all want to add anything to that? Do you have any other personal goals you'd like to set? Like, you know finish other planes no i think you've given me quite enough goals thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah volunteering us his own goals you're gonna do now, this did you you're gonna mention do that some go ahead i'm done oh <laughs> i'm done <laughs> lee were you saying earlier you're gonna try to go to flight fest yeah in ohio yeah huh okay 
keep me updated. Okay. Well, Austin's demanding that I take him, but you know that's up to me, <laughs> not, not him. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to. We'd like to. But we had a lot of stuff on our plate next year, so I'm right now we're expecting to. But and this year for, it's at the golf course. No, no. I, I heard they weren't going to do it this year. They've got like two more years at the other location. Oh, really? Oh, they're, they're committed. I guess that's surprising. So. Which is a fine location for flying yeah. for you and a thousand of your closest uh, flying buddies. Maybe the golf course takes yeah. some time to prep. I guess I, I'm, you know, I, I think they just had commitments for the other field. Oh, okay. So that's not a problem. So hopefully we'll get, we'll get out there and, and Terry, if you get out there, we'll get to meet, catch up with you. That sounds like a good plan. Anything for you, Fitz? Any, any goals? 2020 plans? Uh, Say them now so we can use them against no, you. Next no year. solid plans. I would like to dig into my stash and build or finish some planes that have been languishing uh, in my inventory for a while that either fix up some things and fly them or I have a couple of kits I'd really like to put together and fly. Do you think you could get that B-25 built next year? Uh, I hope so. That is one of the near-term things I'd like to do is get that get that ready. Uh, maybe you and I, it's not going to be a three view, but maybe if you start work on that, maybe we both put out the wing manufacturing planes on our table and then we just post updates on the B-25 and a P-38 bill. Oh, all right. A wing off. Wouldn't rush it, but that <laughs> <I> mean, might. <laughs> and then what are we going to make a uh, Terry build? B-29. You just try and make me, pal. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a wing kit, too, of something. Yeah, pick him, pick him out a really weird Axis aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can think of some. Uh, so yeah, that's a good point. And in fact, the wing, the the B twenty five is was something I was had intended to start working on until the Beaver got in the way. Uh, so uh, my first goal, I think, is to clean up my workshop uh, a lot, and then I can make room for the B twenty five. I think that's a two-step process. So over the Christmas holidays, I'm going to take some time off, and I think I'm just going to do an attack, attack the workshop, and really just clean it out a lot. Maybe we uh, all need to do time-lapse cleanings of our workshop. Yeah. And oh, even my time-lapse probably take a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, sounds like we've got our futures mapped out. Or at least Lee has our futures. Yeah, out. really, man. It sounds like he put a lot of thought into that. I'm the producer, right? Jeez. <laughs> Terry I'm and I are like, you blame. oh, next year uh, we'll do stuff. Meanwhile, <laughs> Lee's got this itemized list, alph- alphabetized and categorized. You know what the sad part is? I actually didn't read everything I wrote down to you guys. So just be <laughs> counting your blessings. Are you filtering? <laughs> You got another hour? Because I'll just finish off the rest. Uh, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> There's something right here about uh, Fitz right no, there. No, yeah. no, we trust you. It's uh, like eight paragraphs on Fitz. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll just do the Cliff Notes version of myself. Well, I, I, I hope if the listeners made it this far, they do realize that we are serious about keeping this podcast running. So Yes. Next year, we will continue on, continuing on with our podcasts and entertaining the masses. <laughs> I was going to say, by the way, guys, you do control our show. So if you don't like anything I said or want to do next year, you can send us little tips, you know, and you can make them anonymous if you want yeah. and just say, I'd rather like you guys talk about this than what Lee said. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Somebody sends us a muzzle in the mail. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if I'm the weakest link. I apologize. Oh, it's okay. I'll go on vacation more often, so it's just the Terry and Fitz show. Oh, boy. Jeez. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's wrap things up for the year. Got any last-minute things? Merry Christmas to everyone or whatever religion you celebrate, and have a happy new year if we don't catch up with you guys before the year is over. Yes, happy Christmas and Merry New Year. What he said. All right. Well, hopefully next time we see everybody, we'll be brand spanking new year. We can talk our New Year's resolutions, or Lee can just make them up for us. I'm going to make up fake ones, and I'll just have a little chart. (laughs) (laughs) Have a little chart that you can point to on the audio podcast. Terry built an ultralight. Ooh. Now that'd <laughs> be fun. In the snow. In the snow. That's our next three view, a full-size ultralight. Oh, no. No, come on. No. <laughs> Those look like a lot I of fun. i finish the bee eater. <laughs> That's going to take me another five months. <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks, everybody, for listening to us for a wonderful year. Hopefully 2020 will be just as wonderful and glorious as this last year. Even better. Even better. More better. All right, guys, have a wonderful Christmas. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.